Hi, everyone. I'm Neka, and here's my girl. Chingere. <laughs> Ijela Express, the podcast, is named after a fictional highway, Ijela Express, that runs from Cape Town, South Africa, to Manama, Bahrain. Our goal is to explore cross-cultural connections between artists and innovators from Africa and the Middle East. And basically, we talk about our experiences as young Nigerian-Americans growing up and starting adulthood in the U.S. South. And this podcast is truly for our global citizens out there living in the 21st century and we're really excited to talk to you every thursday so if you're tuning in for the first time we hope that you'll stay along for the ride but most importantly that you'll check back for all of our two whole earlier episodes because this is episode three and that you'll also join us online but today we really wanted to dig into the study abroad experience or the living abroad experience right and first we'll just kind of dig into what our experiences have been like living traveling abroad in different countries but also some useful tips or just like hopefully some useful things that will you'll pull from our experiences and feel free to jump along but digging right into things we wanted to lay out or just kind of level out like where we've been before and so with that Gianna, where have you studied abroad i have studied abroad in Buenos Aires, argentina for five months and after that, I studied abroad in South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa, four months, Lima, Peru, four months, and Rabat, Morocco for 3.5 months. And then I studied abroad for a month in Havana, Cuba, and then again for two months in Tangier, Morocco. What about you, Neka? So I studied abroad in Tunisia. This was like in 2019. So literally like right before things closed. I studied abroad in Tunisia for about four months. Then somewhere in between that, it was about three weeks in Italy. And then right after Tunisia and Italy, it was about two months in Tanzania. And then straight into the UAE for about four months. Was in Jordan and Oman very briefly, like probably like a week or two between the two locations. And those are like the main places off the top of my head. We kind of like mentioned this a little briefly or last week where I was like preparing to now live abroad in Algeria for the Fulbright program, um, ETA program. And it's all very exciting, but this isn't that type of episode. Like, I'm not gonna kid you guys. Like, basically we wanted to jump in about like the realities and also just again, like touch base on some of like our own experiences. And what I really wanted to ask like for you, and we can kind of, of course, like go back and forth about this is where were you like mentally before, I guess, like your first study abroad program. Yeah. Like, what were you thinking? Because, you know, like we went to the same college, right? And so, you know, obviously before like you prepare, there's excitement there. There's expectations there. Take us back to Victoria pre-Argentina. Well, I'm going to tell the podcast people one thing. One thing on neck is she's going to go off of our pre-planned script. <laughs> 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 Always going off the script. <laughs> okay, anyways, how was I before my first study abroad experience? Yeah. Okay, so I partially chose the college we went to, which is mm-hmm. Wofford College. I'm just going to say that because I feel like yeah. I'm going to slip up and say it anyway. 
realized, oh, yeah. which was Wofford College. <laughs> I chose that because of the study abroad program. And at Wofford, if like at least if you went abroad for a semester at the time or even more, but it's still, I think for at least a semester, all of your financial aid travels with you, all of it, your Pell Grants, any grants from the college, any scholarship you have, it all travels with you versus at other colleges, you are more likely to pay out of pocket for study abroad. And, and Wofford was expensive when we went there. So for many people at Wofford, studying abroad was often cheaper than staying on campus because it was so expensive and because all your aid traveled with you. And that was the thing that sold me on Wofford. So I got into college, going into college looking, I already study abroad was something that was at the top of my list, something I knew I was going to do. And so I was very excited. I already had this plan that I was going to do it. Then freshman year at Wofford was difficult for me. And I felt like I didn't fit in. I don't know if I want to say I had a difficult time making friends because I still talk to lots of the friends I made. And I have really good memories of those people. But I just felt like I didn't fit in and it was just very difficult for me and I felt very isolated. So when the opportunity to study abroad first semester sophomore year came up, I pounced on it. So I pounced on that opportunity. So that my mindset was out of here. (laughs) My mindset was I got to get the hell out of here, (laughs) out of Wofford, out of South Carolina. I got to get the hell out of here. So that was my mindset going in. I was super excited and I wanted to get the hell out. So yeah. What about you? Okay. So 2019, taking myself back, I was really interested in, you know, because we're both like studying language. Victoria was in the Spanish program. Eventually, like we were both in the Arabic program as well. But I was also studying French too. And so I was really excited, of course, like to practice the language. But I don't even know if I really went in having expectations necessarily, or like a particular reason as to why I wanted to No. I won't say like as to why like I wanted to study abroad, but I just really wanted to be abroad and like like for things to be real, right? Because like all of the stuff that you study about the countries or like where all of these like languages are spoken are very much like it's just book work or like YouTube until like you finally like get there. And so I was really just ready to get there and I was slightly fatigued from being on campus. <laughs> I wanted to it's not like everybody was like terrible but like I also wanted to like leave like you wanted something different too and so at least for me mentally that's where I was but like on ground like once I got there one of the most like challenging things that I found about like at least like the educational experience is and maybe this is probably like if you're getting ready to study abroad too like you've probably heard this from your international programs office or you know whoever you have like on campus as your advisor but what was challenging for me in terms of like the educational piece is like you really want to like balance between or I really wanted like a balance between being in the classroom and actually like exploring the country itself right and so you know, on ground, you get there, you're experiencing the country, this is all very exciting, but you're actually like in school, there's a difference between like, just being in country and just like, I guess, gallivanting for like a better, like a better word. And, and actually like balancing like the work of like your study abroad program. And every like program, like the course load is different, because obviously they know that you're in a different country. And so more than likely, you'll want to explore. Yeah, at least for me, it was like balancing, like wanting to explore, 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 and interact and also keep in mind like this is actual like school but what did you find challenging for your educational experience in general 
or like in general? I would say like more so like the courses and we could probably like dig into the social aspect too later. Okay. One of my most challenging academic experiences was in Argentina. I chose that program because I had a research project component, but I didn't know I was the only person in that specific program. Like there was a general Buenos Aires program that the company was running and I got lumped in with that cohort. Like we did all our orientation, field trips, everything together. But like technically I was in a separate program that had these separate requirements and the research program course I was the only student in that class. So it was like very intense, me and this like social scientist and all of these research methods that I had never Mm -hmm. seen before, all these social science research methods. And then I was also like on my own doing that research project, which was very fun and not very scientifically sound at all. It was basically just collecting a bunch of stories from these Nigerian and Ghanaian immigrants who were talking on the street who I befriended. Mm -hmm. And it was very fun, but it was very intense. Like it was the actual writing and the research methods and the coming up with this plan. Mm -hmm. All of that was very intense. I had a similar intense research experience in Morocco the first time with the research project we had to do there. We had a month to pull it together and it was like crazy work. And then finally, the second time I was in Morocco was with the uh, critical language scholarship. And we had Arabic class from like eight in the morning until like (laughs) five or something yeah it was like it was it was a Um, job it was so much and we had homework afterwards and arabic homework anyone who say arabic knows your homework takes like two hours minimum so i have very few of these lackadaisical study abroad experiences to reflect i had like one of those and it was great and i loved it but like or maybe two i'll say two but some of them were actually very intense for me Yeah, like thinking back for honestly, like both semesters, because I did like a full like fall and spring semester. And uh, Chira, I think you did the same, right? Like your programs, or at least like you had like a spring and a fall, right? My two semester programs were actually both falls. Fall, okay. My two semester programs are both falls. Yeah. I think like both programs, like I did, one had a research component. And the other one, like you were actually like enrolled as an exchange student, like within the university. (laughs) And so not only are you navigating like the expectations of like professors that you've never met before, right? But you're also like in the social scene of the school that I wasn't really quite, I don't know what I anticipated in terms of being an actual university student because I did one of those and I hated it. I hated that class. The least favorite class I've taken in my whole entire life. I hated that class. (laughs) My voice shakes when I think of how much I hated that class. And like I was taking like, of course, like Arabic language and I don't want to say the country either. I don't. But like I was taking Arabic language and like a couple of other like business courses too. (laughs) And I laugh because it was different in that you weren't necessarily doing something with the information per se. You were graded based off of how well you like almost memorized the information. Like you just had to know basically like what you do with the knowledge afterwards is like kind of on you. But like essentially you just needed to know the like three parts of something And that was kind of hard because it was like, as someone who's pretty good at writing, I would say, or at least like decent at it, or at least like connecting different ideas and formulating something, it was different in that like it forced me to like memorize like the foundational basics of management, marketing and all of that stuff. So 
Yeah, wait, no, let's get into that because yeah. that is totally a thing that part of the reason I hated that class is because I think I talked to some of my teachers about this or some of my fellow students or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you realize until you leave your country that there's a particular way that education is taught totally. in your country or like a totally. like, particular way that like writing or like analyzing or whatever is taught. And it's not until yep. you go somewhere else that you realize that oh my God, we are not taught like this. And some places are way more focused on like analyzing as something small and like going into really deep detail. And other places are way more focused on like memorizing or having a really broad display of topics that barely connect to one another that I just have like one common thread and you're like, way of showing your knowledge is having all of these things and they have like one thing in common versus like at least at our liberal arts college in the u.s it's like Mm -hmm. here's this one topic goes super in depth and part of the reason i hated that class was because it felt like the papers we were writing were not supposed to be analytical go one topic different depth they were supposed to be this broad description yeah description of Of like the the concept and i really struggled with that yeah Yeah. that semester like it was probably the worst i had done like in a college semester i mean hey this is like what are we like nigerian american right and so like worse for me (laughs) is like like, hey no need to no need no need to go worse because you we both did ib yeah i've been down bad so no need to go how far down ib will humble you and nothing has been harder in my life than ib was so and that's like another topic for another date but if you're curious about it like ib is the full term is like international baccalaureate and it's this program i think it's it's in a lot of countries but at least like in the u.s like it's embedded within your high school experience but of course like i just it just depends on like your area but for both of us it was high school right like yours was Mm -hmm. i had middle school too but only one year but yeah high school okay Okay. Mine was like all four years was high school. But anyways, it's a very intense like program. Very, very intense program. And they push you to your limits. I'm talking the highest grade in the class is a 56. Like, ah, I've suffered in this life. It was worth it though. (laughs) I would say like not necessarily like the diploma itself, but it's like you did kind of walk into like college, right? Or university with a semblance of understanding of again like going back to the understanding how to analyze like something and pull it apart and connect it back together again but yeah like that education experience it was out of left field in terms of like what the expectations are for what you're studying so if you planning to study abroad or currently like preparing for it like i would definitely especially if it's like a university program right where you'll be with other students who like go there and are domestic students i would definitely like link up with them to like the extent that you can and like get a gauge for like what the expectations are for like those their university or their professors because you may just like be approaching your work or your at least like your study habits different from like what the students are used to or what they're supposed to be doing per the coursework but you know hot tip (laughs) with that let's dig into the social scene right so outside of school or maybe like in school, I don't know. Like, what did your weekends or at least like your evenings, like when you're not doing Arabic homework, look like? I'm going to start by I'm an introvert. I just want to clarify. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> I spend a lot of time by myself, even when I'm abroad. I think it, it definitely differed depending on the country. I think Argentina and Peru 
were the countries I felt the most comfortable going around in without like needing to be accompanied. So sometimes I'd go to like museums or me and my friend would go. I know in Argentina, we had this Venezuelan food restaurant in my neighborhood that sold like empanadas for like a low amount of pesos. So we would go every weekend. They had like a special walk around the park, visit different shops, just like walk around, take buses around, go to different like plays and things like that. But in other countries, I'm going to be frank, I didn't really feel comfortable doing things by myself. So if I didn't have like a planned activity with a friend, I didn't really want to go out. So sometimes I just like stay in and like read. I was a super nerd. I had like a hundred way over 100 I think it was actually near like 600 Spanish flashcards at the time that I carried with me <laughs> everywhere and so I would like yeah. go over those in my spare time for fun you know whatever yeah but I think lots of I really like museums I really like walking if I feel comfortable walking around and exploring I really like art events and like theater events so those are the kinds of things I would typically be doing if I could no matter where I was is there a reason like why you like beyond like being an introvert right like I guess, is there a reason why you didn't really want to go out by yourself or? Oh, yes, it was there. Reason. <laughs> that was one reason and one reason alone. In Argentina and also in Morocco, I experienced severe street harassment. In Argentina, it was constant. Every time I left the house, before I was a block away from the house, I was catcalled incessantly until I arrived at my destination every single day. And then in Morocco, I wouldn't be catcalled as much. But when I was catcalled, it was more extreme. Like the individual incidences were more extreme, like being followed, for example, or having my hair pulled or having someone smack my ass or having someone try to kiss me. So versus in Argentina, like they wouldn't touch me usually. I did have one instance where this guy started chasing me down the street. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't get touched. In Morocco, I got touched. So it, in both of those countries, I developed like this phobia of leaving. Mm -hmm. In Argentina, I got over it better because I could understand what they were saying to me. Yeah. But in Morocco, I couldn't understand what they were saying to me. And yeah, so those two countries, I had a really difficult time convincing myself to go outside. Mm -hmm. That was for that reason. I remember at least like in Tunisia, if there was anywhere I wanted to go and explore, one thing I was aware about is obviously like my identity, the way I look to as like a black woman, right? And there's not an assumption that you could be a black American or Nigerian American. No, no, no whatsoever. No. The first assumption is like whatever, like primarily like brown skin, dark skinned country that's nearby. That's what they assume you are. And so many times like they assumed or like locals would assume that Ivorian, right? Especially for the fact that I understood and was conversing in French, which is a little weird because I'm like, I don't speak French with like, you know, like maybe I'm just like good enough to fake it. I don't know. But like the assumption was like, I was Ivorian. And that assumption can, I found in many situations, can either be to your detriment, can either be to your detriment. I didn't really experience like the benefits, right? And so there is like a large Ivorian or just like Francophone African population there that's more than likely trying to get to Europe from Tunisia, right? And so anytime like I would go out, because in the back of my mind, I knew that that could be the assumption, like, I would honestly try to go with my friends who looked American, quote unquote, right? Or like looked like they could be mistaken as a foreigner, like a non-African foreigner, right? And so that was like my white American friends, honestly. And 
they knew that like <laughs> like if there's like if there is a place i wanted to go i was like i need a buddy like and it doesn't say anything like necessarily about like tunisia or just yeah in general it's just the reality of what the types of stereotypes or like the treatment that your identity would bring with you or in country and so yeah usually i would go with someone who is <laughs> like blonde white american like there's just like a different level of like treatment that you get especially since what i was trying to do or what i did was explore like a lot of the music scene too so yeah and aside from that socially oh okay that was like tunisia itself in tanzania the assumption was like you're one of us like and that was honestly like to my benefit especially if you're like especially when we were like bargaining in the market too like from like the few words i knew in like swahili i was like this and this like <laughs> yes oh, well. yeah yes mama <laughs> And yes, like, mama. yeah, yes. <laughs> and then like, and then like our friends who were distinctly like foreign and white, I'd be like, I need you to take, I need you to walk like 10 feet behind me. If you need something, you, tell, you text it to me, I'll bargain, but do not come here. Okay. And then in the UAE, like it's very much like a transient international like country. And then in Abu Dhabi and Dubai specifically, very international and transit. So the assumption, so what I found, especially like the students there, is they're like, we get that you're Nigerian. We don't understand how the American part comes in, right? Oh my like- God. <laughs> you could go on this so much. And I feel like, and honestly, I feel like we even have it easy because like, I feel like the lack of information or the, honestly, what I feel like the disinterest in acting like you know the information that surrounds like black americans who are not recent immigrants to the u.s Mm -hmm. when they go abroad trying to explain like where's your family from south carolina Mm -hmm. but where are your parents from south South carolina Carolina. where are your grandparents (laughs) and it's like okay at this time we need to all know something about like world history like yeah or i don't know Mm -hmm. so i feel like even we have it easy because at least they're like oh nigeria okay we know where that is yeah. And I would like explain, I'm like, but I'm Nigerian, but I'm not Nigerian but, but. in the same way, right? Yeah. So like, I, I would say like, yes, I'm Nigerian, but I'm not Nigerian in the same way as this person. Like they grew up there. But like, if anything, you would just like, I'm like more American, right? But they're like, no, what color is your passport? I was like, well, I mean, I have like both of them. They're like Nigerian. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> See, I just got my Nigerian passport. I was like blue. Amen. It's blue. <laughs> <laughs> At least like. You know, like therein is like how like your social life, like your identity very much does play into what your social life would look like potentially like in, you know, wherever you're choosing to study. Right. The other thing that I was going to ask you about, because like we kind of touched on like the more challenging or like nuanced parts of like studying or living abroad. But what did you find most enjoyable there or wherever? Every time I had some sort of independent study project, I had a really fun time. Whether it was in Argentina, when I was doing my research, loosely defined, basically making friends with the Ghanaian Nigerian immigrants, that was so much fun. And I got invited to this Christmas party and one of the Igbo guys dressed up as Santa and it was just like hilarious. Then I think, you know, same thing in Morocco, getting to interview all of these activists who participated in these Arab Spring protests was so cool. And then finally, this was another independent project of mine studying salsa in Cuba, Cuba was so 
much fun. And I'm still like friends with the guy whose house I stayed in. Uh, his family owned the house. I'm still friends with him. Uh, we I was texting the other day. Like that was so much fun. Just going to take salsa class and then come back and read my book about uh, dance and like turn in my reflections each week. It was so fun. And yeah, that was just such a good experience. So anytime I had one of those things, I had a really good time. What about you? What I enjoyed the most, like what I was saying earlier is <laughs> a little bit of like leveraging like your identity, like within the space to create the experience that you want, or at least, yeah. So in Tunisia, especially Similar to Chira, I had a like an inter- independent study slash research project, a music forum, Sembeli, that's there. And it has like a lot of sub-Saharan African roots. And so I remember when I like went to interview like a couple of the musicians or like cultural custodians, and they were so excited like to see me. <laughs> I was like, it's very like spiritual and very like rooted in you know sub-Saharan like traditions as well. And like then they found out that it was like, oh my gosh, like she has like Nigerian roots too. And like it just those like moments like where you feel like the literal cross-cultural connections, like those are really enjoyable. And then also like I did like a lot of like exploring like cultural organizations, like art studios, recording studios, and you know, this is like before I knew that I wanted to be in the music industry. So for me, it was just kind of like a, this is fun. Everybody wants to go to these studios, right? Like, and so, yeah, I enjoyed visiting each of those and kind of like basically getting into like someone else's like crafts and like craft and seeing like how they, you know, either made their music, like their art, et cetera, et cetera. And it was not just like in Tunisia, but of course in like Tanzania, a little bit of the UAE. The UAE, I mainly like went to a lot of live events and those were pretty cool too, to like experience. And they were largely like events where they had like American artists to perform. And so seeing like, you know, either like rap, hip hop, R&B artists in a different country or cultural context, like yeah, it really just like, it really kind of echoed what we were talking about last week, where it's like music transcends. But for me, yeah, those are at least like the most enjoyable experiences. But I was also speaking of like enjoyable, is there like a moment, country, location that was like your like absolute favorite? I always say it's between Peru and Cuba. And depending on the person, I will pick one and try to like sell it to them. Sure, because I was like, I need to convince them to go. Peru was such a cool place. I was mostly in Lima, so I can't talk honestly much about the rest of the country. And then we spent like a couple days in Cusco, I think. But Peruvians were just so nice and chill and their food was so good and I loved the class I was taking there I was taking like a queer studies class I'd never studied anything like that before it was so interesting and we got to like meet all these activists all of these queer activists who are active on like campus and in Lima and it was just so chill there's so much history like it's like the country is dripping in history first of all like the capital of the Incan empire was in Peru it was in Cusco and then two like one of the capitals like when the Spanish came to South America I think their capital for like the South American empire was also in Peru. So there's just so much history to uncover that is just like so interesting. There's so many landscapes, so many groups of people from like 
the more like heavily indigenous people, it's like the more mixed people. There's a vocal Afro-Peruvian community. Mm. It was just so cool. It was just, Peru is just cool. Everyone that goes to study Peru is just a cool place. And then Cuba, I have never been anywhere where I felt, and I've been to South Africa, but I never felt as comfortable in my Africanness as I did in Havana, Cuba. I felt like African culture, like was just so embraced. And I don't know if it's because I was studying my salsa, which is like traditionally like Afro-derived. So I don't know if that was part of it. And in the house I stayed with was like Afro-Cubans as well. So I'm not sure if they themselves would identify that way. People were just so jovial, always dancing, music pouring from every corner of the street, always smiling, always cracking jokes. It felt very just like communal and everyone was just like fun. So those are my two like, highlights that I try to sell to people. Very different vibe, extremely different vibes, I will say, but Cuba and Peru are my highlight experience. What about you? I think my favorite experience Okay, I'm not even gonna like pretend it was Tunisia. Like I'm not like, like I was like yeah, like off the bat, like it was Tunisia. And it was it was just a different vibe like it felt it's a small country right relatively but it just felt like you have this really nice mix between like there's there's the city center and then you have like the more i guess like suburban areas and it all just like felt like it didn't feel a ways away right and then at the same time you have like the beachfront you have like this the young population there was just it was really cool to see of course, like what they're doing, like in the political government space and like, you know, trying to push like these social and political uh, movements forward. And honestly, like, yeah, and like basically craft the the future of their country. Right. So that was really cool to be there and just to sort of witness. And then the other thing, too, was it didn't feel like there was red tape <laughs> around like yeah, it didn't feel like there was like red tape around like the music scene. It didn't feel like there was red tape around like the historical sites. Like you almost kind of stumble upon them too. And yeah, it was just like overall great vibe. And then I think for me, like the UAE, like bro, it, it was close. But like when I got there, I think the heat, like, and that may be silly for some, but the heat really no, took me not. out. Like, <laughs> the silly. heat, the silly. heat was something different. Like, so you could barely, like, I could barely enjoy like the first month or so there, and like, yeah, I just like remember, like, <laughs> okay, is it worse than here? And if so, why? It's worse than here. Like, it's worse than like the U.S. South because it's dry heat, right? Really, I've and, always heard dry heat is better. It's like dry heat and then there's tile like and so like the sun almost like reflects back up off the tile and onto you. And so then you feel like at least for me, like I felt like I was being cooked. Right. That and granted, I came like in August. Right. And so like the bulk of the summer was gone. Right. And so by like August, September, generally like the temperatures are dropping but like that august yeah if i wasn't too chicken i would share the photos literally of what my skin looked like because like i burnt oh my god my skin after morocco <laughs> i don't think the skin on my face is my skin on my face is darker the than the rest of my body for, for years <laughs> yeah. since i first went and i think my lips like are like extra discolored and the sun is closer to the earth in Morocco, I swear. I swear. I promise. <laughs> I promise it's closer. Yeah. 
No, I definitely yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, but yeah, Tunisia was like my favorite. Tanzania was like, uh, I loved it. I think I what I would have changed is like because we I was also working for a nonprofit while I was there, so it wasn't really like a study program. But I think I would have prefer because we and we lived like in essentially like a family house of like all the other volunteers so if there was anything i would change about that particular experience if i had to like live in a house with other people i would make it a much smaller number i think there was about like 10 of us in a house and that that was a bit much and 10 it was like our office space as well wait i think we should talk about living thing like where do you actually live Mm, when you live abroad because mm -hmm. that's really interesting that makes a huge (laughs) difference and like this is really interesting to hear about and i want to keep hearing about like how this went but like in south africa all the students in that program were in a house too all together Mm. we're just in a house and we would walk to school how many were y'all maybe like eight okay okay yeah yeah but it wasn't also our office so i'm curious about that yeah so like it was also our office and so they had like a cycle of volunteers like for the nonprofit that would come in of course like they had like their like their employees like full-time year-round employees but they also had like a cycle of volunteers coming in and out and many times like like if their employee was like an international person more times than not they like lived in the house too and so it was like at least the room i stayed in there were bunk beds and so it was like two bunk beds it was like like housed like four people and then the room next door there were like one bunk bed and one like single bed so that was like three and there was like seven so it was it was more than 10 people it was at least like up to 12 and so yeah so it was like if you were like late to work right aka like you were waiting for your bread to be finished toasted in like the toaster it was just like you like a little side-eyed about like (laughs) you still having breakfast or starting bread or whatever it was like it was very different from like say if you're coming from like an american like work culture like where especially like maybe like corporate nine to five whatever it is like where it's like your day like you started, but nobody's like watching you like start your day, basically. And so that was the tough part about it. And then, of course, like as a introvert forced to be an extrovert <laughs> due to the nature of this world and like, and what I've like, I don't change for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, as like an introvert like i think that was probably like the toughest two months because you had no place to decompress like and if you were going to decompress it needed to be outside but wait of... but wait like but wait yeah. because <laughs> because like actually like yes a hundred percent like i feel like when i lived in that house there was really not really a place unless like no. my the girl i was sharing a room with was out of the room yes but the yeah. place where i suffered the most was homestays specifically yeah. in morocco and moroccan culture is very social which honestly when i was in nigeria this summer i was like hmm i wonder if this is actually also like nigerian culture in yeah. nigeria like very yeah. social it, you don't just like go to your room to chill there by yourself like that's not like a a culturally understandable concept especially if you're a visitor so like going to your room to like spend some time alone and hell you no de- you definitely cannot close the door <laughs> no. you cannot close the door at all if you do that you need to at least have the door open so that was where like oh my god like it felt like you just are you just no. are not going to get it at home 
you've got to get it at school you've got to hang out in an empty classroom because once you get home like you're expected you're straight um, into it straight into it yeah like living in the house it was just like I didn't have like a, a place like to decompress or like slow start my morning, right? Like of course like in the mornings like I would either go for like a walk or like go for a run. This is like very off the side. Like I remember like uh, <laughs> when I would go for a run, it's just like people would clap for me. Like and like i am not a fast runner like they were just i don't know what the reason was but it was just encouraging you it was just hilarious but that was the mornings like where the times like where i like had a slow start decompress like maybe write a, a journal whatever it is and then like go into the rest of my day but my mental health like that was quite something <laughs> okay so oh and then like for home stays well i had one home stay and it was t- in tunisia and i absolutely loved it because like my host mom one she was like really dope and two it was like when i went into my room it was like the assumption was she's doing her homework everybody leave oh her my alone. god that is what <laughs> got me through growing up in a yeah. household like that's it. Like, if Nana's in her room, she's doing her homework. That she's was being like productive. That was the only escape. You just have to be reading a book and they will kind yeah. of leave you alone. Meanwhile, but it doesn't work everywhere. It does not yeah. work everywhere. Meanwhile, it's like either you're maybe you're doing your work, but also maybe you're like having like an existential crisis <laughs> or like maybe you're just like talking like or whatever it is. But like the assumption generally was like, I'm doing my homework. Right. And then for university like or in uae i was living on campus like the university system and i was also living with a roommate who was also an international student too but the funny thing about the dorm right is like they kept tabs on you right so if the you walk into like the dorm building and if the lady has not like basically you need to check in each day right like you need to go to the desk and like write down i'm here (laughs) basically right and then you go back and you like you go like and this is like normal for the students but like for me the first few weeks that i was there i kept forgetting so Mm. they like had to sit down with me Getty. and also like coming from Wofford like you just like you use your key card you enter the dorms nobody knows whether or not like you're there. no one no one knows anything about no you. one knows n- anything about you unless it's literally your roommate and I remember there's one time and also if you're like leaving for the weekend you like check out basically and so I remember one time like I like spent some time like in the city I spent like I think it was like three days so it was like part of the weekend and then probably like into tuesday is when i came back and when i came back the lady is like we haven't seen you we're gonna have to call your parents and i was like my parents <laughs> and like she said it like we're gonna have like you know like it all like in the same like level like as it almost like i'm sorry we're gonna have to put you under arrest like basically <laughs> call your parents and i was like i mean that's fine like i mean you can here's her number you're gonna have to like dial international to get to her but like okay cool but did they call her no (laughs) she was just like i'm just gonna let you off with the warning i'm like i'm telling you you can call but (laughs) it's because you gave him the number you were supposed to freak out yeah i was supposed to freak out and so it was (laughs) she was like 
this one is broken. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, like it's definitely like the living situations, whether you're living in like a group home, I guess, or a family home, like, or if you're in a a homestay or if you're like literally in an apartment by yourself, I have yet to have that experience. And then it also makes a difference. Like if you're in a dorm in a typical like university setting, but yeah, that is (laughs) just like funny to think back on. You know, like with coming back and like we're a little bit like removed from our study abroad experiences, but I'm kind of curious, like if someone, you know, because I'm thinking as we're like thinking about this episode, I also thought about like what a student who's going to study abroad now or potentially like live abroad or go abroad for like the first time, like what would your advice like be to them in preparation, like on ground, like whatever stage that they're at? I think my advice, which is like really cliche, but it would be push yourself. There's so many things I did abroad that I was like scared to do. Sometimes as simple as walk down the street, but I was terrified (laughs) to do that. Or like, you know, crazier, you know, bigger things like do this research project or like bigger things like go out of town and attend this march or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like you will, as long as you're being safe, which I'll leave it up to you to define for yourself because I'm assuming you're an adult legally at and least. respectful and respectful as well. Yes. Yeah. And be very clear about like what the whole culture is like version of respect is too. And yes. Yeah. I didn't mean to like hijack your point. But yeah, no, but I, I love yeah. that you added that. That could yeah. be like, we got to talk about that some other time. Like, yeah, be respectful to the host culture because yeah. yeah, as long as you're being respectful and as safe as you feel comfortable being, mm-hmm. I think that you should really push yourself, take on, Take that class that you don't think you're going to do well, Mm. you know, that you don't think you've got like a shoe in for do that project, go on that trip with these people you barely know, like you Mm. will regret more the things you didn't do than the things you did do. And even many of the crazy things (laughs) things that I did abroad ended up giving me very great experiences and like insight into the culture. Yeah. So I would say definitely take any opportunity yeah, to do something cool. One other thing, which is like a side note to that is like, Mm -hmm. if you want to do something and the people in your program or the people in the other international community don't want to do it, you should still do it. Definitely. You should still do it because like, don't just wait on them to be suddenly interested in your things. When I studied abroad in South Africa, the group I was there with, none of them wanted to go to Robben Island. None of them wanted to go see Mandela's jail cell. And I was like, you're in Cape Town and you don't yeah. want to go see Robben Island. Like this is like a huge part of like African history, you know? Yeah. And so I went by myself one day and there was another museum that talked about apartheid a lot that no one wanted to go to with me. So I went by myself and I absolutely, those were very powerful experiences for me. So just go. Even if people, the people with you don't want to go, you should still go. Yeah. That's my advice. Yeah, going back to like the piece about like, you know, jump in and like you really push yourself, right? The other part of it is like, as you're pushing yourself, that's really where like your care for like your mind and body like are like really key and that you stay on top of it. Like whatever that looks like for you, if walking in the mornings like are important to you, like you do that. But just as you're pushing yourself, like that's when you should really take care of yourself at the same time. And it may feel conflicting, but like routines or traditions like work for you around like when you're feeling sad or mad or, or when you're tired, like what does rest look like for you beyond like 
you know, maybe getting like more hours of sleep, but like true rest, like what does that look for you, look like for you? And the other thing that I would add to like definitely reach out to, especially if you're interested, right, in a particular field, like for me, I think it was music, art, et cetera. If there's like a local association, organization there that's, you know, really heavily in like health or like sexual education or something that like you're interested in, but it's in a different context, like our country, like reach out because that could be a really key point in your career moving forward like especially if you say you know because we had a few people in our programs who wanted to be doctors or lawyers or like business people like jump into it's really important to kind of get a context of like what that profession or industry or field looks like in said country even though you may not want to practice like or do whatever (laughs) that industry is like in said country just having the knowledge or the experience in a different context really informs like your perspective coming back to your home country and like going into said industry or just opting not to yeah one of our friends i really i like her so i'm going to use this word friend politically in college (laughs) (laughs) so you brought i forget where it was but it was in sub-saharan africa and she did like a health program i can't remember if she was a health major or like well at wofford there wasn't a health major but I don't know if that was her plan to go into the health field, but she ended up doing a health adjacent program with like some yeah. kind of research project mm-hmm. and fell in love with it and came back and decided she wants to be a nurse. And now she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. And like, that's super cool. We love her for that. We love yeah. that for her. We love that for her. <laughs> we do. We she do. was so nice. <laughs> yeah. So those are like the, off the, off the top of my head, like those would be the main things. Like definitely like um, Chiara said, like, you know, push yourself. And then for me, it's as you're pushing yourself, like, Keep in mind, like, what are the rituals or routines that work to give you rest, to give you comfort? And then, of course, like, find the thing that you're interested in in said country, like, in your the country that you'll be studying or living in because that could be again pivotal to like your career and just like how you think about whatever your interests may be okay the thing i wanted to add is and something i preach so much is like the person you are here or wherever you are is the person you're going to be abroad like to a yes. large extent so if, if you're not an adventurous person wherever you are Getting on the plane is not going to transform you into an adventurous person. If you don't take risks no. wherever you are, getting this on the plane is the probably going to make you less likely to take risks. And then, you know, there's other things. Like if you are struggling with your mental health here, travel is probably going to exacerbate that. So whatever you're going through here or whatever your personality is, whatever you know that is your like regular routine or like things that you don't like doing or like have a tendency to do, be prepared for that person to be the person that you have in another country. Sometimes people go abroad and they have like a a new version of themselves or a better version of themselves. But I think that's actually very rare. And Mm. usually it's whatever they were like nurturing when they were abroad or not nurturing that comes out more with travel. Like everything gets like highlighted. So people who, one of my friends from Argentina, extremely adventurous, like crazy person has continued that. Now she like lives in Japan. Shout out to Alana if you're watching this. Like that's who she's always been. And there are people who like barely left their dorm 
in you know the US and they go abroad and they don't leave their room. Like if you want to be adventurous, having time with your life, eat, pray, love, that starts now. That a plane isn't going to change that for you, especially if you go someplace where you feel uncomfortable, especially if you go someplace where you don't speak the language. Those things are working against you. So you have to have cultivated that here. That's my yeah. last thing. No, no. And that also kind of like because I feel like we could go for this like for a minute, like which is like but like the other thing too is like one thing I've noticed and like this episode really is like about traveling or living abroad like actually and the one thing i've noticed like especially on social media <laughs> is like the heightened version of self in mm. those like 60 second 90 second bites right like and that's not travel it's that, not, travel. not travel and like or at least that is like 10 to 20 percent unless you know you're on to something yeah. because living abroad is very different from taking a trip very different very sitting different. in the infinity pool we love the infinity pool we do play mm -hmm. but that is not living abroad living abroad yeah. is the bus to find the infinity pool which is probably mm -hmm. packed and smelly and hot or you know whatever mm -hmm. or you can't find your uber to find the infinity pool or you can't find your taxi and when you get in the taxi you don't speak the language and you don't know how to barter and you don't blah 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 you probably don't even know where the infinity pool is because that's not a thing that's advertised to study abroad students but mostly to like you know different type of tourists like it's yeah, so yeah. different so if you want to know how it is to actually live abroad Try to get content from people who have actually done that or talk to people yeah. who have done the living, not the like tripping, but the living. The living Big there. Difference. Yeah. Because like 10 days like versus like, because it's like when you first get there too, right? Like, and I think that there's like some type of curve that they tell you about like how you're there's experiencing. There's a huge curve. There's like a huge curve. Like you get there, you're excited. Things are cool. Like the people in your program are like cool for like the first, you just met each other, right? So there's an excitement, right? And then it's like, and I don't like have the curve in front of me, but just like off of experience, like you get there and you're there for about like two weeks and you're like, I signed up for four months or whatever the time period is like, oh my God, like, oh my my god like oh my god I don't, I don't know how to get anywhere that's my big thing yeah. i don't know how to get anywhere i don't know where i am i don't know the name of my neighborhood i can barely understand my host parents like you're like oh my god i'm here oh forever and so like then it's, it's, it's the realization right and then it's like your classes like you get more homework right over time like the first few days like especially if it's like language based like this is how you say this to the taxi driver right and then later on it's like all right guys now it's time to dig into the political and like <laughs> you're like whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute <laughs> And then at some point, like you kind of plateau. And I really don't think that like plateau really, at least for me, didn't come until like two months in where I'm like, yeah, hey, no, 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 like, speak, on, speak on it, speak on it. It's too much. Like, like it you, takes two months. Two if you're months not there in. for at least two months, you don't understand you don't coming know. out of that dark place. You don't Or know. just pure excitement. You don't reach pure, that actual yeah comfort yeah. level like this curve so you're there like you're, you're two months in your plateau like you've gotten over like okay i've met my study abroad people or like my host family this is just what they are right and like these are my classes this is just what my classes like you're accepting your reality right and then like you kind of have like this like up and down a little bit where it's like you find something new that you enjoy like you start to find like things in your area that you identify and love like whether it's your favorite gelato spot whether it's the favorite like taco stand whatever it is like you find your favorites right and then there's this like weird period before you you leave right where you're like 
I'm excited to see like my home country and like the people there, but it's like something feels different, right? About going back. And that feeling of difference, it's you. Because the people you come back are about to you, it's you, you only <laughs> if you put in the work. The work. That's what I yeah, said. Because if you <laughs> just went and you were acting the exact same as you were acting before you left, guess what? It's not you because you didn't change a bit. But if you actually put in the effort to embrace new experiences and challenge yourself then you will have changed significantly it's literally it's you right and so then you're getting ready to leave and that's when they start like the departure like orientation like they're telling you like what your mind will do like your body will do and you kind of like understand like what they're saying or you hear it maybe you don't understand but like once you get home right you go back to like people who had not spent the same four months four or five months however long your program is the same way that you have right you are coming back to family and friends who are like oh my god you just have this cool experience and then some family and friends who don't care <laughs> like in all actuality of it like their interest is not like hearing about your study abroad experience or like living or studying in a different country and that's cool and the thing is is like some people like get kind of stuck in talking about their because it's like how do you relate your experience to people who haven't like had it with you right so there you are you're back home like and you're starting to get into like you're trying to get like back into a semblance of like a routine and you're almost kind of like restarting the cycle from like the excitement point of like being home and then you kind of go down and you're like oh snap i'm back home like what does this look like now and then like yeah and so it's like you're home and you're also like trying to debate or like i don't know if it's really debate but like connect with people you haven't seen in like four months or however long it is but yeah i think that's generally like the cycle but what you do once you come back is really dependent on like you like what do you want to do with this experience that you've just had do you want to go back do you want to continue like living in different places or like fuse what you've learned into your coursework if you're continuing it like another semester at your home college home state whatever it may be your home country but the difference between living abroad and traveling for a period of time is very much that cycle. Traveling, you stay in the excitement space where you're going to the coolest spots, you're going to like the night, da, 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 da. like like you are in like, this is like high, right? And like, and you come back and you're like telling everybody, you're like, yeah, I just came from Tulum and this, this is like, this was bought, like all this stuff, like, and like, that's cool. Like that's what travel is. Like you go, you get the like exciting experiences, like the cool and everything like that. but. If you're preparing to study abroad, I would suggest not binging the travel like vlogs. <laughs> they don't have anything to do with you. Only they do thing not that have to anything. do with you is where do you want to go on a trip when you're there? When you're there, exactly. where are some places you want to go on a trip? Otherwise, they don't have anything to do with you. It's literally, it's literally like telling you the tourist like spots that you would want to make a day of like visiting or so, right? Like it's just giving you an idea for like where you might want to visit, right? While you're in country, but it's not an idea of like how exciting your life will be. Like the mundane will hit and there's nothing wrong with the mundane part of being abroad, right? But I almost feel like part of this, like we should take it back to, but even before you get on the plane, depending on the country you go to, you'll probably need more than like your home country's passport or depending on like your home country's like passport system or like, you know, cap eligibilities in different countries, right? You will be inundated potentially with getting your visa filed and all this stuff and like, and 
if you're moving off of campus or like you're moving apartments or putting your your stuff in storage and I'm laughing because that's the face I'm in right now like where you're putting your stuff in storage things are like getting like donated or things are being like the pressure sick. is getting and like the last thing that's on my mind right now is like the spots that i can like the museums i can go to like i like i'm excited right for like all of this to happen but like the last thing i have on my mind is like the trips in between like you're literally in the mode where you're i'm just trying to get on the flight that's it right oh wait can you (laughs) find the entries on a rug I, I just had to say this is so off topic. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll, we'll come back. We'll... I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget. Yeah. yeah. Let me just yeah. put it on record real quick. <laughs> and then, like, I literally went into this phase, like, thinking. Wait, mm-hmm. where are you going? We haven't established. Yeah. Janessa is going on a Fulbright. She's going to teach English in Algiers, Algeria for nine months. She's going to leave at the end of this month and she's going to come back in late June 2023. June or July. 2023, yeah. And, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. and there's almost like a comma on that 2023 on that june but that is like that's a story that's that's a conversation for off the- <laughs> you better come back there's no there's comma not- any, there's no comma anywhere you better come back <laughs> so, that's the threat <laughs> that's the threat publicly that's the threat yeah like you're in this fate like the weeks before you finally get on the flight you think when you're planning out your process that you'll have time to spend time like with family but like i promise you because your plan is not to just go on this trip it's to like live or study there for a period of time especially if you're not doing it out like within like undergrad like you're not gonna have time (laughs) you're not gonna have time what takes up your time Neka? It's literally like trying to whittle all your stuff down, in my case, to like two checked bags and a carry on. Like we're in the mode where you, you're you trying to figure out like what is most essential to you. And as someone who like likes to look around or like literally it's like necessary for me to have recording equipment or like, you know, camera, all that stuff. It's such a do or die moment, right? Because like, it's like you can't just like toss these electronics or like do without here or there. But so yeah but if you're taking it back to your you're maybe an undergrad you're getting ready to study abroad like you may have to miss out on doing some of those like goodbye dinners right because you're in this process of preparing yourself to go and that's okay right what i want to say as well is like be intentional about the relationships that matter to you most while you're abroad you may not be able to talk to somebody every single day or your best friend even every single day right but the times when you're able to like be there and like be on the call, be like in the text thread, whatever your mode of communication is like present, but just know that you will not have the same relationship there or even pre-departure and that's okay, right? Yeah, because like, and truthfully, like when we were both studying abroad, like, cause we were studying abroad at different points of the year, we didn't text every day. Like, no, not at all. Like. Probably no, like, so. probably like maybe like once a month or so, like it would be like a call or like WhatsApp message or like, hey, I saw this, like, and 
That's okay. And here we are. Well, I will also <laughs> say it. NECA and I are in several group chats, especially now that at too, this point. Mm-hmm. So our direct communication pales in comparison to the memes and random stuff. In the yeah. random and at the time, well, we're still close with our friend Dylan. Yeah, but I'm yeah, guessing yeah. there was already a group <laughs> chat with Dylan that was just already updated. That was, yeah, that yeah. Stuff, so. But it wasn't like we had like the one-offs right it was just like sending stuff to each other back and forth and that may just be like what your relationship looks like with your best friend or your friend or your partner whoever what i guess partner is a little different but like at least like for some of your friend or your friend groups like it may just be the sending the memes or like the text messages here and there but yeah it just depends on what your study abroad experience or your living abroad experience looks like once you're on ground but did you have like any other tips to add? I feel like that was, I feel like we could keep going on and on, but like at least like that was a good little teaser. I don't know. Or like, but yeah, was- that was, that's pretty good. Last minute yeah. tips are do research project if you can, study the language if you can, yep. and live with a host family if you can. Though I have had very mixed, like very, I've had the best, very mixed, yeah. I've had the worst with this experience. Yeah. But I think it's worth the gamble. It's worth the gamble because mm-hmm. you can always switch. You can always switch. There's always like the the program more than likely has multiple families in said country or city that that can host you. But also pre-departure, like when they're asking you about like your routines, like don't put down. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. (laughs) Don't put down what you would like to say. Like if you do not get up and like do you like your whole morning routine or all this stuff or if you need help waking up in the morning, just be honest. Just be honest for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like for somebody to come in, like wake you up. Like if your roommate is that person right now, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or if you're like someone who really needs the morning, like quiet, like that, like you may not get that, but at least put it out there and see what the program can match you with, especially in the host family situation. But further, dang, this episode is like, yeah, this is like forever and and ever. (laughs) And more, taking a step further, if you need to think about your personality when you're thinking about where you're going. Seriously. And you need to think about like Neka was saying, like the culture to the extent that you can like understand the culture or get like a gist of it beforehand. Really think about it. Like, for example, if you are vegan or vegetarian, I love y'all. I think I'm going to be vegetarian one day soon, you guys. But there are some countries one day. (laughs) There are some countries that are just not going to really it's going to be really hard for you to find something to eat. Like, I don't think any study abroad programs run to Nigeria. But if you try to go to Nigeria, you're yeah. vegetarian or vegan, you're going to be hard pressed. pressed Especially yeah. if you live with a host family, they mm-hmm. might laugh at you. So yeah. like, think about things like that. Like if that's really, really important to you, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. then think about a country where like it's easier to eat vegan or vegetarian. Like I know yeah. like India, for example, is like a popular place for people to go mm-hmm. for that reason. Or like you can even think a bit, I do think people need to challenge themselves and I think you grow most when you're challenged but if like for example you are like an extreme introvert or an extreme extrovert there are introverted and extroverted cultures and you need to think about like how you're going to handle that like you need to think about like if you're a person who's super outdoorsy are you going to a country where it's awful outside and you have to spend all the time inside or not if you're a person who needs lots of sunlight maybe you shouldn't study abroad in like Finland, like think about all of these things before you pick. Don't just close your eyes and throw a dart on the map and go. That's not going to work out for you. 
Unless you're that adventurous person. Unless you're that person. But <laughs> there's so many caveats, but like truly, like like do a self audit. Just do a self audit. Like what do you like? Like what irks you? Like all of like all of these things matter. Like it doesn't mean that like religion matters. Yeah, religion certain matters. religions yeah. you can get into trouble in certain countries or it might not be mm-hmm. easy for you to go to your surfaces or like yeah. whatever. Race, which we've talked about so much, matters. Matters, yeah. Gender matters. Matters sexuality matters think about all of those things yeah. yeah, that's my piece. That's my fifth piece. That's, yeah, that's a <laughs> And like, in the interest of like not making this hella long, but I do think like we could totally do an episode later on that's just like on the like digging into the, like these tips or like last minute, you know, keep this in mind. If you're interested in it, like definitely let us know on our social media, and yeah, just let us know. But to kind of like wrap this up or like because we always like to close or we're trying to close most of our episodes now with a closing question that we'll we'll also share online um and the one for this episode is like put yourself in the shoes of someone from a different country and put them in your city like your home city whatever home looks like right now and what do you think they would find enjoyable and what do you think that they would find challenging I do want me to answer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think someone from most countries would find, and Durham isn't even as bad as other places, but would find the public transportation system if they came from a country with really good public transportation or really accessible public transportation poor, even though, again, Durham isn't even as bad as like Florence, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think what something else that could be interesting if someone came from a country with a more homogenous population. I think someone would find, I don't know if it's Durham so much, but at least where I like some of the other cities I've lived in, like Spartanburg and Florence, race relations in the South, very interesting. When I went to, and potentially difficult, I think, yeah, this is, I'll answer enjoyable in a second. Difficult. I remember when I went to Havana, that was the first time I saw that much interpersonal interaction between people of different races here in the South, unless Usually, unless you're, unfortunately, unless your partner is of a different race, specifically like black and white, those two, it is uncommon for people to have interracial friend groups, unfortunately, or not very common. And you will get like stares versus in Havana, everyone was talking to everyone. And I had never seen that growing up as someone in the South. I didn't even know that was a thing until I went to Havana and found it to be completely upside down in the best way. So someone coming from a more homogenous culture where they don't have those weird dynamics, I find a city that is like more explicitly racially divided, like Durham, for example, difficult to navigate in that regard. What they would find enjoyable. There is, I don't think it's like the place with the best food I've ever been, but Durham (laughs) is known as like a food hub. My friends know I'm like picky. People like people love restaurants in Durham so much. And so that's like really fun. And I think the downtown is nice. And there's like some cool rooftops you can visit. And Duke University is here. And I think wandering around universities is something that I've liked to do in other countries. And like Duke is huge and has like free art exhibits all the time and all these good events. So I think if I was studying abroad in Durham, North Carolina, I would go exploring Duke. And there's a bunch of hiking, the Eno Rivers through here. There, there, there would definitely be stuff for that person to do, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Someone coming to Atlanta, right? I think that what they would find challenging is 
transportation, right? We're both like in the <laughs> the U.S. South, and like we like yeah, transportation is. At least they have a met. Yeah, it's not but good, like, but at least they have. Yeah, but it's like but even it's then. <laughs> yeah, I'm like even then, like you're hard pressed basically to have like either a car, rental car, just someone who has access to a car. And so I would say that that would be the most challenging, especially if you're used to being in a country that has like a very, you know, a pretty good like public transportation system. And then, you know, the next level of that is if you do decide to drive, like the driving culture here is very much, I paved this road, I own this road, move. (laughs) And yet, significantly better than many other places around the world, even though I think I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so so there's that. But what I think that someone would find enjoyable is that there's always like something going on, regardless of what your interest is, that there's always like, and granted, like, of course, like getting there may be the issue, but there's always something going on. There's always like either like a festival or like these different types of restaurants like around. And I think that that would be the enjoyable piece of like, there's always something that I can look forward to regardless of what my interests are. And then there's a lot of like international like communities here, I would say too. And so like whatever country like you come from, like you may even find like that there's like a small community here in Atlanta. And so, yeah, those would be the main like enjoyable slash pain points but um, and both atlanta and north carolina have beautiful beaches and mountains that too and well, within the same state i would say like georgia like you again like you're gonna have to take the car i don't even know if there's oh, like, the a bus yeah i don't even know if there's a bus Perfect, that'll yeah, get you to yeah. the coast from in georgia but definitely there's like coastline that you could 100 percent visit from atlanta probably via driving but yeah If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we truly want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts, (laughs) especially like with all the tangents. Especially because it was an hour and a half long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Study abroad is something that lots of people are interested in. So please feel free to share with your friends and family yeah and then also feel free to let us know what topics you'd like for us to cover in future episodes definitely get in touch in the comments on our social media ijela express the podcast is an uru music collective podcast and so you can definitely see all the updates on urucollective.co or just urucollective.co on twitter instagram tiktok as well we're trying to definitely be active and like share more sound bites from these episodes but apart from that you know check out the show notes for all of our links and we will see you next week for a new episode thanks everyone bye